I can, as if by magic, welcome through the stage uh, Scott Mullins, none other than Scott. Please come onto stage, Scott. Welcome. Thanks. I'm so grateful Ollie, to you. Thank you. Gosh, that must have been a very quick cab that got you here. It was, wasn't That it? was amazing. Please Just got a wheel, wasn't it? Now, I think what we'll do, actually, uh, Scott, let's come over to our friends on uh, just uh, just just over here. Okay. Uh, it's funny, of course, Pimlico plumbers through and through. That's right, yes. Just remind us, of course, Charlie's son. Yes. What's it like working with your dad? Uh, it's been very, very testing times. You know, I mean, he, he, his standards are high, and that's probably yeah. where it's put us today. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I knew from a young age, Ollie, what I was going to do. I mean, yeah. I, I see what he was achieving and I was simply going to go down that path. So challenging, but uh, I appreciate everything he's done and where he's put us. Well, I want to understand a bit more about that, but just turning the clock back and we'll keep um, our viewers um, uh, sort of with their questions bubbling as we go through this conversation. Um, Pimlico Plumbers today, you just paint us a picture because it's so iconic, but just in terms of who you work with and who really you're all about supporting. Okay, well, you know, it started off for me, Dad, back in 1979, Ollie. You know, he was a, uh, a one-man band, and he was working for an estate agent, actually in Pimlico. Yeah. So he had a bag of tools in the estate agency, he had done his apprenticeship, and he would go around fixing doors, taps, etc. Well, as he was going around Pimlico, Chelsea, people started to come up to him and said, oh, can you do this for me? Can you fix my boiler? Can you? Well, you're saying, well, are you with the estate agents? They used to go, well, no. He go, used to go, okay, all right, look, leave it with me. So then over weekends, he was working for people, oh. going to do things. Then he started to get the name as Mr. Pimlico. Yes. So he's looking at the market, the gap's opening up. Okay, there's a demand here, and I'm the man. I'm going to push it forward. So he got himself a, a van. And uh, he said, I'm going to do everything other plumbers don't do. He said, I'm going to turn up when I say I'm going to turn up. Mm. I'm going to be in a clean and tidy van. Yeah. I'm going to have smart uniform. I was going to say I'm going to have my hair nice and tidy, but that might be a bit different for him, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but he, said he was just going to do everything that other plumbers didn't do. Yeah. And if the job wasn't right, he'd put it right. So there he went. He went from the one-man one band he was to now we've got 300 engineers. Uh, 160 in the office with a 50 million pound turnover. So the thing about that is when you've had such a success, you don't keep being successful if you don't still have your feet on the ground. So what do you think is the secret to that? Uh, secret to that? I, I, I don't think my dad's ever forgot where he's come from. Yeah. You know, and I think he's, he's put that, you know, in a family business, Ollie, there's myself, there's my wife, there's my two kids, there's two brother-in-laws, mm. and we've all instilled in the same way, and as Charlie's saying, is is we're all drinking out the same teapot. Yeah. So the idea is, is the emphasis is, is from day one, you know, go into people's houses and represent a brand like you would want to be treated. Act as you would, you know, you want someone to come in your house, take their shoes off, put their shoe covers off, dust sheet out, yeah. clean up. So it's, it's gone throughout us, and we're passing that information on to people who come on board with us, onto our recruitment team. So the brand. You know, everybody's on board and everybody knows the levels and they stayed with us because yeah. if you don't stay, stay and look after your customers, Ollie, someone else will. Yeah, and Scott, just to remind us, the role you now play in the business, what are you looking after? I'm now the CEO. So uh, it, the, the position for me now is, is I'm very much involved in the day-to-day -day running. It's probably been like that for many years for me. So the title really doesn't make a big difference yeah. for me, Ollie, you know. So I'm there looking over things, checking our control rooms running as it is, our transport team are doing what we want, our recruitment team. But I've got a fantastic team, or we've got a fantastic team. So, so I, I guess the challenge though is you're only as good as the talent that you hire. And, you know, there is clearly an opportunity for the very best plumbers to be independent entrepreneurs, if you like. Mm. And yet you seem to attract them to work for you. What's the secret? 
Well, the secret is, Ollie, and, and you're right, you, you know, these people who are knocking on people's doors, people who are picking up the phones to customers, etc., they're obviously, you know, the most important people working for you. So, you know, you, you're, getting your, you're getting your customer base, people are knocking on doors. They've got to be correct. So for us, is is we give people security. You know, you will have a job for life if you operate in the correct manner for us, if you're smart, tidy, on yeah. time, work well, etc., and you're paid extremely well. Got it. Really powerful. So the good news is, I think we can come and uh, invite Charlie, but stay where you are, because uh, we could quiz him together, actually. So. Okay. It's right, probably something you've always wished you could ask him. Anyway, yeah. uh, Charlie, I hope that you could see us. Are you there, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see you. I can hear you. And uh, I was enjoying that. It's, uh, it's a great conversation, yeah. No, good. Well, I'm happy Scott hasn't said anything too uh, too offensive. But it did cast our mind back because, my goodness, in 1979, Charlie, you were, um, you know, goodness me. I mean, were those entrepreneurial traits showing at a very young age? I'm trying to almost imagine Charlie Mullins as a, as a school lad now. Uh, yeah, I mean, undoubtedly. I mean, since I was about nine or ten, I was always trying to earn some money uh, or pad notes in them days it was wasn't it so um yeah it's always been there and uh you know then then i i, I used to work with a local plumber uh i used to bunk off school i'm not recommending that but you know uh scott done it he ain't done so bad um <laughs> and and you you know if you've got that inspiration and you want to succeed there's there's no reason why you won't but let's not kid anybody you've got to have a lot of ambition got to have a lot of drive and um, you, you've got to have the enthusiasm that goes with it. And, you know, I, I, back in them days, I was just happy to earn a few quid as a school kid. And that inspired me that the, the plumber that I used to bunk off school and do the work with, um, you know, he had a motorbike, a car, money, nice house, holidays, nice clothes, nice yeah. lifestyle. And I thought to myself, you know, why not have that? And uh, that was my inspiration. Well, I think we all learn from somebody. The seed is set, Charlie. I am, I'm going to hand over to you momentarily and the floor or the screen uh, will be yours. But I don't know whether we're allowed to say, are you in London today? Oh, you can see I'm not in London. Why would I be in London? I'm out in Dubai on business. <laughs> um, you know, uh, no, I am. I mean, you know, we're talking about setting up out here and uh, I've been here quite a while now and talks are going well. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not in London. I mean, uh, but, you know, obviously business carries on and goes on. Um, but I, I was going to, Ollie, I was just going to go on to that story about my inspiration was, was this chap called the plumber Bill. And I'm just saying this, we all need inspiration. We all need to look up with somebody. We all need to learn from somebody. And, um, there's nothing wrong with that. And whatever your drive or ambition is to be successful, um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Mine was definitely to, to have all the nicer things in life and get off the council estate and, you know, not, not uh, just be the run-of-the-mill person and, and, you know, reach all the benefits from it. And, you know, rightly, I believe I'm getting them now and so are many other people that are in the business. You know, we've been going 41 years, uh, the largest uh, plumbing company in the UK, independent, definitely the most successful. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're even growing and growing now in these difficult times. So it's all about the drive and ambition. And, you know, let's not kid anybody. Business don't have to be boring. Business can be exciting. Business is, is, can, can give you a lot of things in life. And it's all about, you know, believing in yourself. And I have to say it, watching other people succeed and, and try and do the same. Charlie, you're not afraid to use your voice and speak up and speak out for what you believe in and against what you don't believe in. So tell us what's 
Tell us what fuels that, because there must have been moments when even your own team members said, oh, Charlie, why did you sound off about that? But you are someone who can only speak their mind and speak your own truth. And I know a lot of people appreciate that. Uh, it made, made it awkward for me to say anything now. No, of course. Look, look, you've got, you've got to be self-opinionated. You've got to give your views. I mean, if you're a businessman, especially, you can't sit on the fence. You've got to put your head above the parapet wall. And if people want to shoot you down, that's their choice. But it doesn't mean they're right. I mean, um, you know, I, I work a lot of my things on common sense. And, um, you know, a bit like Piers Morgan, you know, I'm not necessarily going to agree with him or disagree with him. But he's a great presenter, great interviewer. And I think he's going to be badly missed that we need people like him to challenge people. We need people like him to tell people when he don't believe they're speaking the truth. And we need people like him to, to you know, ask the questions that others are frightened with. So I don't have a problem with that at all. And, um, you know, I don't think I'd be where I am today if I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> no, I think we can all agree with that. And um, Charlie, if you were given the keys to number 10, in you go, PM for a week. What's the first thing you change about this country? Well, a million things, uh, uh, that's for sure. I, I, I would really encourage uh, the apprenticeship, uh, yeah. more apprentices into, into uh, businesses. I mean, it's a massive skill shortage. And I am where I am today uh, through my apprenticeship. And many, many other people are, are in the same position. They've done an apprenticeship. They've been successful. And, and then they go on to run their own business, to employ people and, uh, you know, put something back into the economy. So undoubtedly, I would concentrate on apprenticeships. I know there's a million things to do, but the first thing for me would undoubtedly be apprenticeships and encouraging more people into business. I mean, you know, the saying is there's no business like your own business. Yeah, I think it's a really, really powerful message. I, um, I'm also wondering, Charlie, how, what, what you make of people coming into the workforce, to what extent They've got the skills that you're looking for, because ultimately, as Scott and I were just discussing, you're nothing if you can't attract talent. So what are people coming into the workplace missing? What do they need polishing up on? Well, not, not all of them. Some of them have got the right. It's all about attitude and enthusiasm and drive and, and the, the will to want to wanna get somewhere in life and not just you know be the run of the mill or, or, or not be part of society. And I think once you give a youngster a job, then that's a great opportunity. That's the biggest turning point there is out there. And especially if you can offer them an apprenticeship and train them up and, you know, you, you mould them to what you want. And, and you, know, you can't go wrong. I mean, I, I go back to what I'm saying. The training in apprenticeships is so important to people. And also the other end of it, you've got apprentices that have finished their time or, or have learned the trade properly. So we've got the best pick of both worlds uh, as, as a company now. We have our own trained youngsters, and then we move on to the, the skilled ones that are already out there. And look, you've got to treat people decently, give them a good job, give them a good wage, um, give them a security that the, the job's there is, the, the job's there for life. I mean, you know, I, I was told years ago doing an apprenticeship that, you know, you'll never be out of work and you'll earn loads of money. And they're right on one of them. I, I'm still working. I've never been out of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a very good point. And uh, some would say, thank goodness for that. You've got a habit, though, haven't you, of keeping people for years. And increasingly, we're hearing about people changing jobs every year, every two years, every three. And yet people have been with you for decades. What's the secret to that? 
Well, uh, again, I go back. You've got to look after people. You've got to, you've got to give them the security. And you know, you, you can't be paying people rubbish money these days. You know, people are worth a, a good a good day's pay for a good day's work. And you, you just have to look after people. You know, we give many incentives to a lot of people to work for us. We we have a, a gym. We have a, a massage lady comes in. Uh, I think three times a week, like proper massage, no uh, all that nonsense, you know, proper head massage, <laughs> back massage. No, and, and, and that's what you have to be. You have to be proper at work. I mean, even though business has to be serious, you can still have an element of fun with it, but you've got to make it interesting for people to want to work for you. Uh, we, we, we also have, you know, a Christmas party. We have a big summer party. We have a boat party. And yeah. we incentivize uh, our people. I mean, also, at the moment, through this pandemic, we've been paying um, all our office staff £20 a day bonus, been giving them free meals, free parking, free COVID tests. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think that, you know, when, when staff feel happy at work, we all know it's more productive. So it's all about really looking after your people. It sounds corny, but it's the truth. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's loud and clear. I mean, one thing that the government did say and have continued to say is that the one thing we won't be doing is forcing anyone to get a jab, to get the vaccine. You've taken a slightly different view at Pimlico Plumbers. Uh, I'd love you just to share a bit about your philosophy on that and why you think your choice is so important. Yeah, okay, not not a problem, but nobody's forcing anybody and the government's right. You can't force anybody to, to have the jab, but the way it's moving, um, no jab, no vaccine passport, no job, no travel, no bar, no restaurant, no gym, no business. So it's not a case of forcing them. We have one option to get through this pandemic and get things back to some normality, and that is to have the jab. And when you get the jab, you'll get the vaccine, and that will open all doors. It will, well, obviously, schools are now back there. But we want to get businesses moving. We want to get people into the workplace. And I'm afraid to say that, you know, the ones that don't want to have the jab, you know, for no reason other than I don't want to have the jab. Well, that's their choice. But I don't think they're going to be getting a job. I don't think they're going to be able to travel. They're not going to be able to socialise with people. And why should we jeopardise everything that we, we've done in the last 12 months on this total lockdown and disaster that we, we've all gone through? Why should we jeopardise it? Because a few people don't want to have the jab. I mean, I'm not being discriminating against. I'm not being rude about anything i'm just being factual and common sense they're saying to us have the vaccine get the passport and life can get back to where it was why would we turn that down people are dying left round left right and center you shouldn't have started me off on this because this is a thing that we've had 12 months of it we need to make changes and the government need need to you know have a bit more of a louder voice I mean, they're encouraging everyone to have the vaccine and the rollout's going brilliant. So probably in two to three months from now, maybe 90% of the UK will have had the jab and we won't even be talking about it. It'll just be the normal. And yeah. what's wrong with that getting back to normal? Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a very valid point. Now, I wonder, Charlie, because we've got limited time together today, I do want to do a, a, a bit of a look back. Um, you must have had some very proud moments on the journey so far. If I took you back to a moment in time, of a moment of success that tasted particularly sweet. Where do we go back to? And I've got the flip side of that, of about a challenge that you were forced to overcome. But but how about something yeah, that tasted very sweet? Yeah, look, I'll be honest. I think when the, the company reached a million pound turnover, which was, I think, late 
eighties, um, and and all of a sudden I thought, you know, a million pound that we're we're generating, and and I've just thought our our successful business has become, and you know, probably a million pound back forty odd years ago. I don't know what it's worth now, maybe fifty million. What we are today, um, so that was very exciting. It was a big changing point, and um, you, you know, it, it, it sort of meant that I realised that. The, 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 the more you put into something, the more you get out of it. And then, you know, there's been so many other successful things and probably, you know, apprentices coming through and my grandchildren have been apprentices and then they're out there, um, you, you know, um, reaping the benefits of the apprenticeship. So, but there's so, there's so many, but I would say a turnover of a million pound was probably an achievement I, I never expected to get to. Um, you know, because I, I only ever wanted to be a plumber and then I realised to be more successful, you, you need to employ people, you need to, you know, encourage people, you need to learn to delegate with people and you need to treat people uh, in, in a correct manner. And how about on the ride as well? There must have been some dark days, some moments. Uh, where does your mind go back to when you thought, I'm not sure how we're going to get through this one? Uh, I'll, I'll go back to the a recession, I think, in the early 90s. Um, recession just came there and, and everything just seemed to go so wrong and, you know, to try and shortcut it a bit, we nearly went bust. I went and see two liquidators and, and one liquidator said, you know, you've got no choice, you owe quite a few quid to the suppliers and, and, and the inland revenue. And um, he said, you've no choice but to go bust. But fortunately, I got a second opinion. Second opinion said, if you go bust, you're going to lose your ass. You're going to lose everything you've worked for. You may as well fight for it. And, and that's what we've done. And from that moment on, it was a, a great turning point, yeah. a, a great lesson. It's a bit like a boxer going on the, on, on the canvas. If he gets up, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that, you know, he's going to win or, or, or get knocked out again. And, you know, you've got to give it your all. And that's what we've done. I think it was great advice by a second opinion. Always get a second opinion on, on yeah. certain things, you know, if they're worth getting a second opinion. And, yeah. um, you know, but let's not kid anyone. Many sleepless nights. Borrowed a few quid, unfortunately, from the uh, the crooks in suits, the bank the bank managers, um, and and fortunately paid them back. I mean, I think the interest rate at the time was something like seventeen percent, and that's just wow. like crazy. So, yeah. um, but you know, sometimes you've got to have a bad time to get a good time, and we definitely value the good times now. So I'm going to ask you, and uh, Charlie, I, I should, to be fair, I should warn you, I'm going to ask Scott the same question. But um, I want to know the very best thing and the worst thing about working with a family member. Uh, but as I say, uh, Scott does get, does get to come back on this one. So we'll keep this quick. We're going to change gear. I've got a few more questions for you. Yeah, of course. So what's the question? Are you asking Scott first? Yeah, I'm asking you first because Scott, I know, want to oh. get his own back. The best thing and then the worst thing about working with your family. Uh, best thing is that um, you're helping them to succeed and get on in life. Um, also, the other best thing, I think, is the fact that, you know, you're all drinking from the same teapot. And, and the worst thing... The, yeah, tell me the worst thing. The worst thing, I, I would say, is that um, it can get very personal and, and you often may say something that you, you know you wouldn't normally be saying to another worker you know saying a bit too personal um like you, you know and, and and that can be quite upsetting because you, you can you can you, you know you're trying to treat your family different but look long and short of it there's more pluses than minuses and 
if Scott doesn't agree with that, then um, yeah, Scott's been there. I mean, <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. No, no, he's, he's, he's not fired at all. What, what, what I'm trying to say is just that, uh, you know, Scott's been there. I mean, I don't know what, 40 odd years, Scott. I mean, yeah. You know, he's been there a long time. I know he don't look that old, but I was going to say since he was four time, years Scott. old. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable four, four when you years. think about it. So come on, Scott. And, and, no, no, and you it, did go. You did sit up straight and start blinking when Charlie started. Yeah, I didn't know where this was going. Did <laughs> it's I? Like you were uh, nervous. But no, not at all. I mean, you know, I'm going to say the best thing is is about it is the reward. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all doing fantastic. We've all seen it grow from Charlie, my dad, to all these people now and we're all reaping the reward and that's 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 fantastic yeah. and the people who work for us are yeah. that's that's the pluses for me uh the most difficult what about, thing what about the wages scott <laughs> yeah that does charlie's holding up a piece of paper saying 50 grand yes. I think. no i'm due a pay wise i'm sure oh. but <laughs> Yeah. Well, it After could hang on the years, answer. Oh, another one. It, it could hang on the answer to this next question. No, and the, and the second one, I would say the most difficult thing with family business is finding a switch-off point. You, oh. you can take it home with you. You can sit down and have dinner. I'm probably one of the world's worst. I'm, you know, I talk about. I can't stop talking about the business, and people go, Scott, switch off. So the most difficult one is is when you're going away together, etc. Is maybe switching off. I'd say that's the difficult yeah. one. Really powerful. Love it. Uh, out of interest, Charlie, can you switch off? And if so, how do you do that? No, I can't. Um, you're sort of working all the time. And look, that's, that's, I get what Scott said. We don't want to go on holiday and talk about it. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's a big part of your life. And, you know, the successful side of it is worth talking about. You know, obviously the downside is not. So I don't think it's, you know, I know you don't want to talk about it all the time, but it's, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's not, it's not a terrible thing to talk about it. I know we don't want to be sitting like every minute of the day, but you've got to remember where we come from and why we're there. And, um, you know, you, 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 you like yourself, Scott, you know, you, you like to talk the good things about it. And obviously there's bad side to it, you know, when you have a bad day and, and it gets to you, but the pluses are, I honestly believe outweigh the minuses. And, um, again, I have to say it, we, we wouldn't be having the lifestyle we've had today if we, if we didn't put so much into the business. Yeah. Why, why out of interest, Charlie, just very briefly, in just our final few minutes, um, another route, you, you've become a powerhouse, yes, across the UK, but focused on London. Um, why not have gone Birmingham, Liverpool, Manchester, some of our other great cities? You doubled down. Why? Yeah. Well, look, I think that question should go to Scott because, um, you know, I, I'm happy with London. I think there's loads of work there, but of course we can go bigger. And of course, we can go more. And you know, uh, you know, Scott, Scott's obviously um, got a lot more sort of uh, technology, sort of uh, knowledge than what I have. And and you know, it's probably it's probably something that it's a lot easier to do than what I thought. But there's so much work in London. I just didn't feel that we need to go out. And obviously, now we've built a brand, and I believe the brand could go anywhere in the UK. Yeah. And you know, I mean. You know, you've got to remember, I'm nearly 50, so Scott's really the <laughs> better one to answer that question. Very good. So, Scott, there's a clue there. Are we, going to, are we going to be seeing a bit of an expansion? Yeah, listen, I mean, I think, again, my dad's right on that. There's a big demand for us in London, and we're not just plumbers anymore. We're electricians, carpenters, so the demand's becoming bigger. But, yeah, listen, I mean, you know, we're, we're getting people wanting us out in Dubai. We're now starting to go out of London to sew, etc. So, listen, I'm, I'm young enough now. I mean, I'm near enough 50, and, you know, my dad says he's 50, isn't he? <laughs> but I won't say his age. But what I will say is, is, are we open to going out? Yes, we are.
Excellent. Now, watch this space. Right. Now, Charlie, final question uh, before you go off and sit under a palm tree and uh, have, an, uh, have an early cocktail. Um, go back to your former self. I guess you were 15 years old. Um, what do you say to a young Charlie Mullins, particularly not to be more successful, but just to get even more from life? Well, what's your advice to your former self? Let me just show you this, this, this ain't gin. Let me just show you that person. Well, it's vodka. <laughs> um, what I say to myself is, is you've got to be ambitious. I better put that down. It looks like you're having a drink. Um, you've got to be ambitious and, and you've got to want to succeed. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We need to encourage more people to do well. And I would say to anybody, if I was going again, I would think bigger and I would put probably more in it and I would believe in myself more. And I, I, I believe that they're, they're the, the important things is believing in yourself, having the enthusiasm, having the drive, and not forgetting that the best ingredient you can have for a successful business undoubtedly is hard work. Fantastic. And finally, Charlie, because we've got you for a minute more, and then Scott, I know, is going to stay with us. But somebody might be watching this and know a young person who sees the atmosphere at the moment as a bit bleak. Lots of redundancies, particularly for young people. Will they ever get a job? How do they get that first step on the ladder? What, what's your message to them? Because actually we're going out to tens of thousands of people. Um, what, what would your message be to that next generation coming in for the first time and really seeing, seeing a lot of uncertainty? Yeah, well, look, uh, I'm going to probably go back to reminding myself of, you know, when we nearly went bust uh, in the recession. Um, sometimes you've got to have a bad time to, to come out the other side. I mean... I think what it's telling people is that you've got to step it up. You've really got to put a lot more into it because it's difficult out there. But let's not kid anybody. There's, there's, people are going to be successful. And the ones that are going to be successful are the ones that put more into it. The more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So I'm going to go back to try and saying, believe in yourself and, and make it happen. You know, why not? You, you, it's a level playing field out there. Even though times are difficult, somebody is going to be successful out there or loads of people are i think one in five people now want to be an entrepreneur and there's nothing wrong with that we need we need to we need to move forward and make things happen and i'm going to say the same thing i keep saying there's no business like your own business it's brilliant uh, very good well thank you for being a voice in that entrepreneurial nation to come uh, Charlie and just on a personal note uh, I will never forget the kindness you've paid uh, to me over the years and uh, thank you for doing what you do and uh, for not being afraid to use your voice even if it might rub some people up the wrong way, uh, wrong way. long may it continue thank you Charlie for joining us <laughs> that's great and thanks for having us Ollie. and keep doing what you're doing fella it's, it's, it's so inspirational to people and uh, don't worry about rubbing people up the wrong way I mean uh, I'm good at it <laughs> All right, that is the uh, inimitable Charlie Mullins, founder of Pimlico Plumbers, joined by his son, Scott Mullins, now the chief executive of Pimlico Plumbers. Right, um